Digesting the Anthropocene is a first attempt at what I call data gastronification, an attempt to not use visualizations as are often used as a way of being able to explain or explore scientific phenomena, but instead to use the digestive system. So the idea is that just as you might use colors, for instance, to represent phenomena if you're using a visualization. In this case, I'm using ingredients that are known to have an effect on various receptors within the gut. And by the arrangement of those as far as their concentrations and as far as different levels that fluctuate over multiple scoops of sorbet in this case, it's possible to represent different climate phenomena or any other sort of phenomenon within the sciences or elsewhere in terms of the flux, in terms of the changes, and to provide people potentially with a sort of a gut feeling, an understanding, an intuition that might come from the gut of these phenomena. So what's wrong with good old-fashioned visualisation of, of data? Has it reached its critical mass? Do we need other ways of understanding things? Is, is that kind of your assertion in this project? Visualisation is remarkable. It's been an incredibly powerful tool for, well, for many hundreds of years now, and it will remain that. The question really is whether there are other tools equivalent to visualization that might enhance our understanding, that might augment it. And given that there are many phenomena that remain elusive to us through mathematical models and through visualizations, and I'm talking about anything ranging from uh, consciousness to the fate of the universe, it seems to me that perhaps there really is a need for other ways in which to encounter that data or those models and to be able to gain the sorts of insight that come about through visualization today. So gastronification is simply another tool potentially at one level. That is to say, at one level, it is a way in which it becomes possible for people to encounter their models and to find within them patterns that might otherwise not be evident. By having other means, it becomes possible to examine this methodology that we call visualization from a different perspective, from outside of visualization, and to become sharper in terms of the way in which we visualize any given phenomenon. What I really enjoy about this project, I think at the bottom of it, other than the food aspect of it, and that you're using that for us to understand complex concepts and research and findings and knowledge is that there seems to be inherent in this a democracy that seems to be sorely lacking still from the climate change debate in inverted commas. We can't have that conversation. So what in a sense you're doing is taking the us versus them out of it and looking at the common humanity in that we all have bodies, we all have receptors. Let's use the intelligence in those in in our guts to come up with essentially, and you said it, a gut feeling about what it is we're dealing with. Is that part of this project? To me, climate change is different from many other phenomena that are understood by scientific models because unlike the fate of the universe, it isn't something that we will change in any way as a populace, whereas climate change is something that we have to confront it has a political dimension to it. And public understanding of climate change is crucial if we are to be able in a democratic society to make the right decisions. Too often what happens is that 
these phenomena get oversimplified because they are incredibly complex and because any attempt by climate scientists even at this point, to model the whole of Earth systems is really still at a very primitive stage. But it seems to me that there is a need for the public at large to be able to encounter and engage the models and the understanding at the deepest and at the broadest possible level in order not simply to take one action one day and then to be persuaded by climate change deniers and to change their mind the next. A deep commitment comes out of a deep understanding. And visualization certainly can help get us there, but it hasn't yet done it nearly enough. So gastronification might potentially help that. And when you put climate change in a sorbet, it becomes a whole different dynamic. First of all, the conversations that can ensue around the ice cream stand. The meal is such an important part of the way in which we tend to come to understand our society and to have the discussions that lead to any sort of action whatsoever. And then, too, is the fact that as it gets hotter, climate change deniers are going to ultimately find sorbet irresistible. And so I think that at some point, it's going to even be a, a situation where everybody will be eating the sorbet, and perhaps it will affect change amongst those who otherwise wouldn't even consider it. Let them eat sorbet. So, okay, let's, let's get down to the $64 million question. You know, what does climate change taste like? Now, I tasted that sorbet. I, I'm assuming you've tasted it now. Indeed, I have now tasted it as well. My experience of tasting the sorbet, <laughs> and it's kind of ironic, given that, in a sense, you could look at this project as a, a call to action, was that the highest fossil fuel flavour tasted the best. What was your interpretation of the flavours? I would say that, in the first place, that gastronification is not about taste. In fact, it has to do with what happens after the food has passed through the mouth and all of the receptors in the stomach and the gut that ultimately are what will matter in terms of truly understanding this model. And I have heard from a number of people that, in fact, the version that represents the highest fossil fuel emissions is the tastiest. <laughs> and it's interesting to me because... The ingredients in the first place are not necessarily palatable together. So it's remarkable to me that David Marks of the Science Kitchen, who's the one who actually worked out the formulae for the sorbet from my ingredients that come out of studying the literature for uh, the gastrointestinal tract, that he was able to come up with something that would not make people well, make them want to vomit. <laughs> yes. So... The fact that on top of that, it turns out that the most flavorful is the one that is at the highest level of climate change could perhaps be seen as ironic. I don't see it in those terms because, to me, it was important to work with somebody who could turn these into something that would be palatable, partly because... I want people actually to consume all three scoops, but also because I think that what we need in order really to confront climate change is not the rhetoric of this tastes foul, therefore higher greenhouse gas emissions must be bad, but rather something 
that comes about through deeper reflection. So perhaps it works out to be a challenge that you realize that you're going to need to get past that initial flavorfulness. Perhaps it even reflects the fact that using more fossil fuels is more convenient, which might be equivalent to the tastier flavor of the higher uh, greenhouse gas emission sorbet, and that you have to get beyond that in order to be able to understand what the implications are. So that's totally inadvertent, but that might be one way in which to look at this. I think that more broadly, it's really important to think about it in terms of the fact that it needs to be something that people will eat in the first place. And in order for it to be something that people will eat in the first place, some incredibly challenging ingredients, uh, not only sugar and uh, citric acid or lemon, but also uh, mint and vanilla and capsaicin, which is hot pepper. All of these needed somehow to be integrated into the sorbet in order to be able to trigger enough receptors to have meaningful feedback loops as far as the sheer complexity of the changing climate. So in order to make that work, that was really a great achievement of the Science Kitchen. And I think that now we can get to the point of really having people eat this in quantity and also that we have a sort of a toolkit the equivalent of having a palette of colors for visualization. We now have a palette of ingredients that can be used to gastronify climate change in many other ways. There are many models, many implications, or to gastronify consciousness or the expansion of the universe.